everyone, welcome to another episode of What is a Podcast? The podcast that's a day late on regular time, but not a day late on YouTube because YouTube is gonna be late probably until I figure out this whole quarantine thing or not until I figure out the quarantine thing until the United States figures out the whole quarantine thing because people are not happy some people are getting restless and all that stuff but I'm a day late today because if you don't know and I don't know if there's a reason why you should know like I do like some editing papers type of thing like people will send their paper to me and I'll edit it clean it up and then I'll send it back to them you know like tell them like what you need to do and all that stuff and when I was doing it yesterday or last weekend it was really really late the person got it to me behind schedule as so I was behind schedule and then I couldn't record because I had to work on this thing that had a very very strict due date on it so I couldn't do it any podcasting yesterday so now I'm doing it today and here that that's just where we are right so we're here it's monday night as opposed to my usual sunday night but you know we're here we're working with it we're we're getting rock and roll we're rigmarolling and i don't know where i'm going with it i'm just trying to intro this thing and you know the intro is always like the most awkward part of these things like how do you start like you have your little like little ditty that you do like i have my little ditty that i do but then it's you know like leaning into everything and like talking about your life or whatever and this is what my life is we're in quarantine what do you want me to talk about i was sitting in front of my computer doing something that wasn't podcasting but something that makes me money so yeah i I, you sometimes you have to balance things um but anyway there's a decent amount of things that happened in the world and starting i want to start with a eulogy of sorts for an establishment known as Sioux Plantation. And if you don't know what Sioux Plantation is, I see it as sort of like hometown buffet meets a Panera Bread. Like it's buffet style, but there's like healthier options. And I believe it's not called Sioux Plantation everywhere. It's called something else probably. But in Southern California, it's called Sioux Plantation. Like soup, S-O-U. And then the P that ends soup and the beginning P of plantation are one singular P, and then it goes on to plantation, right? Now, Sioux Plantation is going out of business. A lot of people were upset. They were, you know, giving their RIPs and telling their favorite memories about Sioux Plantation, and that's, you know, all well and good. But here's the thing about Sioux Plantation. I don't know if you know this, this might be the first time you're listening to this, and thank you if it is the first time you're listening to this, by the way, but I am an African American, and I refuse, patently refuse, to go to a place called Sioux Plantation. Why? Because why would I willingly go to any place named Plantation? Yes, I understand that a plantation is not the same as an establishment that owns slaves. But you have to understand that back in the day, those were the places where the slaves were at, was on the plantation. So why would I, knowing 
that my ancestors would have done any living thing to get out of that hellhole plantation situation. Why would I mosey my way into an establishment that's willingly calling itself a plantation? You understand? I can't willingly do that. And, you know, it's not like a real plantation. You know, it's a fucking chain restaurant. So they could have called it anything they wanted to. They could have called it like soup farm, soupville, like land of soup. They could have done a whole bunch of things. I bet if you gave me 10 minutes, a pen and paper, some brainstorming material, I bet I can come up with a better name than soup plantation. Those names I just said were not better than soup plantation, but I bet I can come up with something better than soup fucking plantation. And you know, I never went. I know people, like personally, I know people, non-black people, they are not black, but I know people that really go hard, or went hard, I should say, for soup plantation. Like, they really enjoy the food there, the soup and salad and sandwiches, I guess. I don't know if the food is good. I never went. And I, you know, stand by that. Like, what what the fuck do I look like? My African-American ass, my black ass, my cute little tiny black ass. What do I look like walking into the plantation? Huh? To get some soup. If I want soup, I'll go to, you know, Olive Garden or Pasta Pomodoro, you know? I don't need a plantation to feed me soup. No sirree, Bob. So when I heard that soup plantation is closing down, you know, we're free. I'm free of soup plantation. I don't have to think about soup plantation anymore. And I understand that people are losing their jobs. And that's not cool. Just because you work at Soup Plantation does not mean you're a bad person, right? You just need the money, right? And that's not cool that people is losing their jobs because of this whole situation. That's fucked. But the Soup Plantation, what that mindset represents to me, absolutely not. I'm free of the imposing terror that Soup Plantation has, you know, loomed over me for years and years and years. Ever since I learned what soup plantation is, I was like, what the fuck? I'm not going to that place. And, you know, I never have to go to that place. Like, imagine, like, you're on a first date, right? Like, say say you're a black person. You're on the first date. And they say, hey, let's go to soup plantation. Like, are you, what kind of tone deaf nonsense is that? Saying, hey, let's go to soup plantation. Let's get some salad or whatever. Fuck no. You can take me to Panera Bread. You can take me to Subway. You can take me to any of those other establishments. But the plantation? Come on now. And I honestly genuinely wonder how many black people actually frequented soup plantation. I know there has to be some. There are some that are like, yo, doesn't matter. Plantation doesn't equal slaves, especially not nowadays. Doesn't matter. The food is popping. I'm going to go to Soup Plantation. I know there are a few black people that would probably go to Soup Plantation. But I am not one of those people. I also want to know how many of those people, how many black people are like me and are outright refusing to go to Soup Plantation. Because I, I feel like there's more people like me than people who are just going, ignoring the name. Because it's something that you can't really ignore. It's like, you know, like 
Cleveland baseball team or Washington football team, right? Like those places. And it's like, you can't ignore this name anymore, my guy. Like, this is not cool. These names and logos is not appropriate. And I feel like supplantation is one of them. And I feel like if this gains traction, there's going to be someone calling me a sensitive bitch snowflake. And you know what? Yes. Sensitive bitch snowflake. Yes, that's me. Yes, that's me that doesn't want to be reminded of a plantation just to get some goddamn soup. Yes, that's me. So if you think I'm a sensitive snowflake, cold, corny ass bitch, then yes. That's me. Hi. Nice to meet you. I hope you stay. I hope you listen to this whole thing, right? Now that I've admitted that I'm a snowflake-ass bitch, right? What what more do you have? You can't comment that now. You can't be like, yo, you're a snowflake-ass bitch. I already told you that's what I was, right? So now, what are you going to do? You who thinks I'm a weird snowflake-ass bitch, what are you going to do? Say what I already said back at me? Because you can do that, but that's not going to help me, amigo. That's not going to affect me in any way. So if you can come up with a clever insult, cool. Snowflake is not going to get to me. Um, but anyway, in the, in the world of sports, of which everything has been canceled, but they're trying to bring sports back. And honestly, I feel like in America, we're not going to have a lot of sports this year. I feel like they're going to try and bring the leagues back. They're going to try and bring baseball back. They're going to try and have a football season. Um, hockey, they might try. Basketball, I think, is completely done. I think that there's no point in bringing... Or at least I think that they'll realize that there's no point in bringing back the season this time around. But I think that we're not going to get a whole lot of sports. I think they're going to try, and then someone's going to test positive... And then the whole operation is going to have to, you know, go down the drain. Because the problem with this coronavirus is once someone tests positive, like in an organization, you're kind of already too late, right? Because likely if you test positive, you've had it for at least a day, you could have spread it for at least a day. So that by the time someone tests positive, it's too late. They're going to have to shut the league down. They're going to have to do whatever. But I think we could potentially get like a modified baseball season, like a 50-game, 60-game season, which is barely any baseball, if you think about it. But I think that could work. But I don't think we're going to get a lot. of. We're not going to get substantial sports, right? If we get like 60 games of baseball, we can maybe finagle a football season in. But I'm saying that's like pretty unlikely. I feel like this is going to be for a while. And I'm sort of in the mindset that it's going to be this way for a while. And if it's not this way for as long as I think it will be, then beautiful. That's great. I don't want it to be this way. I don't want to say, look, let's stay inside forever. Don't let anyone out ever. That's not what I want. But I think I'm trying to sort of grapple with the reality of the situation at hand and realize that this might be more serious than people took credit for at first. And I think we should continue to take it seriously up until like there's no real legitimate threat to our society. Because right now, this virus is fucking with society. And I see, like, in the news, I see, like, oh, you can sexually transmit 
COVID. I saw today. COVID can make its way through the eyes. Like, what the hell? Why is this bug so strong? Why is it so adaptive? Why can it get in through anywhere? Like, how is COVID-19 like a sexually transmitted disease? At least that's what I read. That might not be true, but that's what I read, that COVID-19 can be transmitted sexually. I'm actually going to look that up right now because now that I'm like saying it, I realize that I did not fact check it. I definitely saw a tweet that said it can go through your eyes, but I'm going to do COVID-19 sexual, sexually transmitted, and it doesn't autofill because I put sex in Google. Let's see, Forbes, should we worry that COVID-19 is sexually transmitted? Fuck, this is a long article. I'm going to just see yes or no. Come on, give it to me. Okay, so coronavirus is present in semen. I wasn't tripping off that. So coronavirus can be in your semen, according to Forbes. So watch out when, with all this stuff, okay? If you are active sexually, if you're quarantined with someone and you're in the bone zone, be sure everything is clear before you enter the bone zone, Okay? Because I don't want I don't want anyone getting sick. Like I said, we need everybody, everybody. We need to come through this stronger and together and all that kumbaya shit. We need all of you. So, if you're having sex, beware. I do not have a girlfriend, so I am saying my tiny behind and inside, and I do not have that same issue of COVID nineteen being in my body. But you might. So, be careful with that. Um, Speaking of that, by the way, speaking of, like, partners and all that, I, and this is, you know, not super big news, but I, personal news, I have downloaded a couple of dating apps. So, I re-downloaded Tinder. I had Tinder before. Bumble, I got Bumble, and I downloaded Hinge. And I made a joke, like, saying, like, oh, like... I'm just doing this to talk to people, whatever. But you never know, right? I'm not interested in finding someone on a dating app currently, right? I'm not interested in that right now. But you never know. Like, this quarantine, you don't know how long this lasts. Like, you might need, you know, some type of partnership online. It doesn't have to be romantic, but you might seek out that online. So you don't know. I'm keeping my options open just in case, right? And I had Tinder, right, a long time ago. I had it in college, right? I downloaded it in college. And the problem with Tinder and these dating apps is location-based. So if you have Tinder in college, like, you're likely going to get people who are in the same class as you or, like, you see on campus. And that's weird. Or I thought it was weird, right? Oh, like, we matched on Tinder and now we're in Sociology 20, like, okay, what's going on here? And that's kind of weird. Maybe some people who are, you know, more confident in that area, and by in that area, I mean bringing up weird things, like be like, hey, I match with you on Tinder. Let's date. Like that kind of thing. That might work out. But for me, I was like, no, not appropriate to bring up in Sociology 20. I'll see you in discussion section, maybe, where we can talk about, you know, 
society and criminology in the city and all that stuff. But I, I, I didn't like Tinder that much when I was in college, but I have it now. And I've been swiping and swiping and swiping. And I've been getting a decent amount of matches, not a crazy amount of matches. I've gotten like maybe 10 matches. I've had this for like a day and a half. And I've got like 10 matches on my Tinder, but I haven't really messaged anyone. Right, I guess like the floor is open to anyone so people can message me on Tinder, but I haven't messaged anyone. And then part of me was like, oh, maybe I just want the confidence boost because I'm not putting in a whole lot of effort into this profile. Like I put some pictures on there. I put like, you know, my age and all that on there. But the bio and all that, I didn't put any effort in. I just said like, look, this is me. Here I am. Swipe or don't. Right. Basically. And I'm basically leaning it 100% on my physical appearance at that point. And I realize that while I'm swiping, I'm like, okay, if someone's swiping on me on Tinder, right, that means that for sure there's either two possibilities. One, they actually like my physical appearance. They actually like my face. Or two, they're just swiping right on everybody, and I just happen to be one of those people, and they're matching with just anybody with the pulse that swiped on them as well right that could be the case right because i found myself on tinder like swiping right swiping right swiping right swiping right on pretty much everyone who i wasn't immediately not attracted to which is most people because if you think about it, most people are not ugly that's always how i felt about it right most people are you know regular looking to hot but most people are not ugly the ugly is like a very small group of people and everyone's group of ugly is different but there's not that many ugly people in the world at least that's how I feel about it anyway so I'm swiping and swiping and swiping I'm like oh maybe this is just like a confidence boost like when people swipe right on you and you match with them it's like oh okay I I have a little bit of something going on here. Like, I clean up a little bit nice, you know? And I don't know what my looks are compared to the other dudes on Tinder. I don't know what my competition is up against. But, you know, why not? Just see see what happens. And if I decide to measure someone and I get a story out of it, I'll let, I'll let the good podcast people know, right? But that's been interesting. And the weird thing about dating apps, I remember when I had Tinder in college. It's like 2014, you can just swipe and swipe and swipe. I don't think there was a limit to how much you could swipe for free. But now there's like a Tinder limit. Like you can swipe like say 20 times and then you have to pay if you want to do like unlimited swipes. And there's no way on God's green earth that I'm paying for unlimited Tinder. Not in this goddamn economy. Like you're going to have to give me a million stimulus checks before I pay for that bullshit. But I feel like now it's like okay you have to they're encouraging like you to pay for it obviously but it's like okay like once you start swiping a lot you don't know the exact number but you got to start being more meticulous with your swipes get those meaningful swipes in the the swipes that you really really care about you know but tinder is like i remember tinder is fun right you see like beautiful people right and then you're just like, yes, I like you, I like you, I like you. And if the, you like each other, then it's like, yes, that's a good hit. But Tinder is more like a game. And I feel like these dating apps are more games than anything. I don't really 
think it's going to work out in like a relationship type way. But it's fun. And then I downloaded Hinge and I've never like used Hinge before. I've never looked at Hinge. I didn't really know what Hinge is. I've just heard of it. And Hinge is a really aesthetically pleasing app, right? And when I first got on Hinge, everybody on Hinge is really, really hot, right? And I said just like most people aren't ugly, but I feel like Hinge, like the first picture that everyone has on Hinge is just amazing. And then if you scroll a little longer and you see different pictures of them, then, you know, maybe they're not the same as their first picture, but everyone on, on Hinge is hot, right? And I've been on Hinge and again, my bio, like all that stuff is minimal, but Hinge asks you questions. It's like, what do you believe in? Like, what's something fun about you? And I basically just made three jokes about McDonald's apple pie on my Hinge. So again, either you're going to think that's funny or you're getting in there for my looks, right? And Hinge, you can like, like jokes or you can like pictures. And some people are like my pictures, but I haven't had a lot of success on hinge i haven't had that yet but everyone is hot on hinge and it makes me almost a little bit uncomfortable like why is everyone hot this is weird right <laughs> but like where are all these instagram models like where do they come from also weird living in the bay area like everyone on a dating app either lives in san francisco or went to uc berkeley and i'm neither of those things at the moment but well i never went to uc berkeley but that, like the majority of the people seem to be like leaning that way, which is like, what's going on at UC Berkeley? Like, why are all these people on dating apps on UC Berkeley? Maybe it's just like algorithms, like pointing them to me since I also work in the education field and I went to college and all that stuff, but we never know. But Hinge is also like a game, but it's a game I am losing. And then there's Bumble. And remember, I looked at Bumble for like the BFF feature a while ago and I deleted it, didn't find it that great. Try Bumble again. Bumble has hinge-like features, but Bumble, you know, the girls message first, right? So a girl has to message me. I can't, I have no power in that. And yes, empower women to do the first message. Great. Take some pressure off of me, puts all the pressure on them. I've matched with a couple people on Bumble, but I've only gotten one message. And that conversation, I'm sorry if you ever listened to this, but it didn't really go anywhere with that message, with that conversation. So I don't know how Bumble is going to do, but Bumble, I feel like is lagging behind because Hinge is very pleasing to look at. Bumble is not, right? But I feel like Bumble, if you're willing to message me, then we might have something in common. We might really be going somewhere if you're willing to message me and you know you have to message me like that's the whole point of Bumble. Then I can see Bumble going somewhere, but the conversation I had on Bumble was not great. Maybe I'll take the initiative, message some people just to see if I can get some better conversations out of it because really I haven't really made the first move on anyone. I'm just like, please match with me, please match with me, please match with me. So maybe we'll see where it goes from there. But I don't think anything is really going to come from it. Um, but anyway, moving on. The KBO, sports, sports again. I meant to talk about this when sports were canceled, but I got distracted. The KBO, 
is not canceled. The Korean baseball organization is running. It's alive and well. There are no fans, but whatever. And I've never watched KBO baseball live because I live in America. And the time zone is way far ahead, right? But I've watched a couple of KBO games and I've enjoyed it. Baseball is my favorite sport. I knew Korea was about the home runs. They're about the bat flips. They're not so much about like defense. They're not so much about pitching in the same way that like Japan or America is. But they're a lot about offense, a lot about bat flips, a lot about showmanship. And I was picking a team, right? Because there's 10 teams. And I picked the NC Dinos, which is a team that, if you follow baseball, Eric Thames played on and became an MVP caliber player in Korea. Um, current American Aaron Altair is on the KBO team. But I was watching the NC Dinos partly because I like their mascot. Like, they're a dinosaur mascot, which I like. Partly because they were actually the first team that was on TV, and partly because they're winning, right? The NC Dinos are currently 5-1, and one, right? My boys are killing it. They've, you know, produced a lot of offense. I've been impressed with what I've seen so far. Um, and I've watched a lot of the teams. Like, the defense can be lackluster, and like especially, like, relief pitching in the KBO can be lackluster. But I am really enjoying it. It's taking me some time to, like, learn people's names and the foreign players because each kbo team has three foreign players or they're allowed three foreign players right the foreign players are not very recognizable right they're not very to an american they're not very well known i would say aaron altair on the dinos and dan straley who i believe plays for the lote giants maybe some other team but those two guys are probably the biggest American names right now. And even Eric Thames, when he played in Korea, was, I don't think, as well-known amongst baseball fans as he would have liked to. Now baseball fans know Eric Thames because he's really good in his home runs and all that stuff. But Dan Straley, Aaron Altair, I can't think of anything that... Oh, Tyler Saladino. That's another prominent one. Tyler Saladino, who plays... Um, for Samsung Lions. Those guys are probably like the biggest names, but they're not really recognizable names. Like sometimes players go to Japan and it's like a recognizable name, like a guy that lots of people know. Like Adam Jones, for example, was planning to play in Japan whenever that team, whatever that league starts up again. And Adam Jones is a well-known player, all-star player, all that stuff. So that is someone who is recognizable, but we don't really have that in the KBO, right? But we don't need, like, major league style of play either, right? Like, I'm cool with my NC Dinos blowing a lead. Like, the last time I watched the NC Dinos, they blew a lead late in the game, right? I'm cool with that because, like, I'm just getting to know them. Like, that might be just what I have to deal with for now, right? I don't have a strong bullpen on my team, but maybe we have good starting pitching and good offense and I can deal with that or maybe it was just an off day for the bullpen I'm still learning the team so it's okay right but it is fun and there's lots and lots of bat flips which in America is a controversial topic although in my opinion it shouldn't be really theatrical bat flips it's weird because there's no fans and I feel like fan interaction in KBO is a big part of KBO from what I've seen in like 
highlights and clips like they have cheerleaders and dancing and beer and t-shirt cannons and all that stuff and major league baseball i don't know if they'll ever have cheerleaders in major major league baseball but they could right they could have major league baseball cheerleaders i don't see why not right if they can do it in korea they can do it in latin america they can do it in north america that seems pretty reasonable but Major League Baseball just doesn't have cheerleaders. And I'm not saying it needs cheerleaders, but they could. We have mascots, and mascots are well and fun, but they could have a cheer squad. I don't see why not. Like, get the crowd hyped in between innings or, like, during, like, a seventh-inning stretch or before games. I think a cheer squad could be fun, right? You know, interact with the crowd. Maybe have, like, two or three, like, one in left field, center field, and right field, you know, getting down with the crowd who excuse me i didn't mean to yawn there but it just snuck up on me but yeah cheerleaders doing all that stuff cheerleaders getting down with the mascot every kbo team has like two mascots by the way and they're all really adorable but there's a bunch of thing bunch of um people i've been following like sungmin kim a baseball brit my kbo um suspetus barbecue on twitter um june lee on twitter um, a bunch of Twitter accounts that you can follow that are following KBO. My KBO is like a a fan site, and Baseball Brit is like a British guy that loves baseball. Um, and he's in England, so he can watch games at a more reasonable time for him, so he can you know update people pretty regularly. Suspetus Barbecue, just they just love baseball, so they'll watch any fucking baseball. Sungmin Kim, I believe, works for the Lotte Giants. So there's a lot of people out there making the KBO happen. I will say I haven't seen a lot from MLB about the KBO. I've seen when I've watched KBO broadcasts, there's been MLB guys talking about it, but actual official MLB channels have not talked about KBO. And I don't know why I feel like they should, right? Especially if there's like X major leaguers in there. Like if there's no American baseball, you might as well talk about KBO. But they're still replaying old games, talking about highlights, all that stuff. Which is fine, you know. They can do that stuff. I'm I'm not saying don't do that stuff. But why not talk about KBO? Like, your league is not operational right now. So why not talk about KBO? And I haven't seen a lot of it on, like, ESPN social media. But maybe they're posting it in real time. And I'm just not awake to see it. Because right now... KBO games all start at the same time. They start at like 2.30 a.m. my time, except for some games which start at like 10 p.m. my time, which is much more reasonable. Like I'll watch a game starting at like 10.30 and then it'll go until like 1.30 and that's something that I can manage at this time. Like right now I'm teetering into 1 a.m. right now. So like staying up to 1 is not an issue for me. Not really. Anyway, right? So I can do that. But the beginning at 2.30 a.m. and ending at 5.30 a.m., that's not something I can do regularly, if at all. So maybe they're doing that in real time and I'm just not seeing it. But I feel like this could be a good opportunity for MLB and KBO to form a deeper partnership because MLB will take your Korean players, right? If Hunjin Ryu, Chan Ho Park, you know, Byung Hun Kim, like all those guys, Jung Ho Kang, 
right? If those guys have proven anything, it's that MLB will take your Korean players if you're offering up those Korean players on a platter, right? Those Korean players will come to the MLB. So might as well get some hype around them, generate some hype, just in case some of them want to, you know, cross the pond into Major League Baseball. Seems like a smart move for me to do some type of plan. And again, the KBO agreement is with ESPN. Like, they're showing KBO games on ESPN, not necessarily Major League Baseball. And maybe there are some type of agreements going on about that. But hype them up a little bit, right? Hype them up on, like, an ESPN channel, and I think that would just take the popularity to the next level because it is good baseball right i will say it is fun good baseball um what i also have seen with the broadcast though like they have like the espn broadcasters doing it from home and they spend a lot of time not talking about the game because the situation is so weird right they spend a lot of time just talking about other things like they talk about what's going on in america they talk about what people think of the kbo but they're not really doing in like an actual game style like they're not doing like your local broadcast which they never do it's espn but they're not doing it like you know really going in by what the pitchers are doing they're more like shooting the shit they're more like providing light commentary here and there but more so talking about like the world at large which is an interesting dynamic but i feel like eventually assuming this kbo agreement goes for a while It'll get more in line with, like, regular baseball game calling. Because there are some times when it's like, oh, this is a situation, like, this is a strikeout situation, or he needs a double play, or, like, breaking down what the pitcher is sinking. And that's the type of shit I like. Like, when I'm watching a Giants game, like, Mike Kruko, Dwayne Kuyper. Mike Kruko, a former Major League pitcher, like, he would break down, like, what pitching coaches are probably saying, what pitchers are thinking, what catchers are thinking, and then... Dwayne Kuyper will, you know, provide his insight and like, this is what I love. This is what made me fall in love with baseball is this sort of commentary from Kruk and Kuype. And you're not really getting that, but it's it's still fine. And we're getting like people like Korean baseball analysts and former major league players. They had Trevor Bauer on in the NC Dinos and Trevor Bauer is a weird case because I don't fuck with Trevor Bauer. I don't like Trevor Bauer. He's, you know, his personality doesn't vibe with mine. There's a lot of things I don't like about Trevor Bauer. But it sucks because you cannot ignore Trevor Bauer if you're a baseball fan. You cannot ignore Trevor Bauer because he's one person who will outright criticize Major League Baseball in a way that's understandable. And he's a player that sometimes has good ideas. And the worst person in the league having good ideas is terrible because you can't ignore this weird person. It's like if Kurt Schilling had good ideas. No, that would have been awful because Kurt Schilling is a dweeb and no one likes Kurt Schilling. So that is what you're sort of up against. I mean, Trevor Bauer isn't as bad as Kurt Schilling is, but it's like in that way. Right. And Trevor Bauer said something interesting when like spicing up the game. And he's like, mic up players, edit the footage afterwards, like edit the mic'd up footage and then put that like on YouTube or on Twitter or like give it to players to promote all that stuff. And I was like, fuck, that's a good idea, Trevor Bauer. 
Why do you have to have a good idea? I don't like you. Stop having good ideas. But mic'd up baseball, we need mic'd up baseball. Some edited, you know, safe for work mic'd up baseball. I would gobble that up. I would gobble it. I would gobble it. I would chew it. I would swallow it. And it came from Trevor Bauer, who I do not like. And it's so frustrating that Trevor Bauer has good ideas. It's the worst thing about baseball for me is that Trevor Bauer sometimes runs into a good idea or two. And the rest of the time, he's just being Trevor Bauer. Ugh, it's, it's ridiculous. But anyway, enough about that. Takashi 69. I had to talk about Takashi 69 because he's back. And much like Trevor Bauer, I don't like Takashi 69. But what's fascinating to me about him is the level of privilege that he's had. Because Takashi 69 is a rapper, if you don't know. He's not black, if you don't know. I believe he is Mexican. And he says the N word a lot. Now, Takashi 69 is not the first Latino rapper to say the N word. But in today's, you know, day and age, a lot of people are saying, whoa, Latino rappers, don't say the N-word. Say whatever you want, just don't say the N-word. And Takashi 69 has sort of flouted that and doubled down on his N-word usage. And it's ridiculous to me because Takashi 69 has been afforded the amount of privilege that we usually reserve for like the top white YouTubers, like Shane Dawson and PewDiePie, where PewDiePie can make Nazi jokes and fuck the game up for everyone, but still be on top. Shane Dawson can have sex with a cat and say the N-word, and he can still be on top. Takashi 69 can be a snitch, go to jail, come back, still say the N-word, and still be on top. People are eating up Takashi's stuff. And in a similar way to Trevor Bauer... Right. You can't ignore Takashi six nine completely because you ignoring you individual person ignoring it doesn't do anything. Cause he has two million people on an Instagram live. If he can get two million people on an Instagram live, if he can get like the entire state of Rhode Island in an Instagram live, what the hell am I gonna do by saying Takashi is bad? I'm not gonna listen to Takashi. No, that doesn't do anything, right? So because me ignoring doesn't do anything, right? My individual ignoring doesn't do anything. I'm still going to get Takashi content in one way or another. Someone's going to talk about him because he's this controversial figure. If you don't know, he's a rapper who went to jail and he snitched on a bunch of people and he has face tattoos. One of them is a 6'9 directly on his forehead. And I just, I'm not really a fan of his, but I have to admit that some of the songs are catchy, right? Like, I believe, like, there's one song that goes... Dum da dum 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 stupid gun da dum bum 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 stupid and that song is catchy. I don't willingly listen to it, but when it when it plays, I'm like, yeah, this is catchy. Like I can't I have to admit that the song is catchy. But that's part of it, right? Is why people like Joe Exotic are so dangerous, right? Like this guy does fucked up things, but when it comes down to the interpersonal, Joe Exotic was really charming. Takashi, bad guy, but when it comes to what it matters, 
it's charming and catchy and people are going to rock with it, right? People are going to stream his music. People are going to go to Instagram, all that stuff, right? And it's like, man, it's those little things that keep you on top. And I be lying to say I'm not interested in seeing what Takashi does now that he's out of jail or if he'll go back to jail because I believe he was out of jail because of this whole coronavirus thing. That's why he was out of jail because they didn't want people to catch that virus or whatever. But interesting to see what he does or like what his restrictions are because we're basically, if we're not essential workers, we're like sort of all on house arrest. But um, I assume that he would be on even stricter house arrest. But who knows? But it's interesting just like the level of privilege this guy has, right? And the last thing I want to talk about, speaking of privilege, is Elon Musk. Because Elon Musk, I remember there was a time when we thought Elon Musk was smart. I remember when there was a time that universally, Elon Musk was considered smart. And now, like the, the discourse around Elon Musk is like, what the fuck is Elon Musk doing? First, it was naming the baby that like weird Egyptian code that they named their baby. I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about Elon Musk saying things like, language will be obsolete or him today like literally today saying i'm going to open up the tesla plant against california orders and i'm going to get arrested if i need to but i'm opening up my plant we need to open up the plant right now or i'm gonna sue california and like elon what are you doing what are you doing elon musk is like a baby with money Right, he has these like baby impulses. Like he needs what he needs now, like a baby. But the problem is, unlike a baby, he has so much money that he can get what he wants now, and he has a whole lot of influence over a whole lot of people. And on top of that, the cars are good from what I know. I've never driven one, but the cars is good, right? The electronic cars that he provides are useful. So he provides a little bit of function to society, right? But he has these, like, baby-like episodes, like, having his kid named how it is, is, like, I think more like a troll than anything else. I think the baby's real name is probably something different, but he just wants to troll and make jokes. And I appreciate that we all took the time to roast the fuck out of Elon's baby. That was that was fine, right? But he said language will be obsolete. And that's, you know, as someone who studied language, who considers himself a little bit of a linguist, and who thinks that we all could be linguists, like language interconnects everyone. So we all can be linguists if we just, you know, want it to be. To say that language will be obsolete, that's pretty bleak in my opinion. Right, if language is obsolete, human communication changes that we don't have language. That's not a world I want to live in. Um, that means everyone talks the same and everyone's probably going to be like robotic in a way. And that's not a world I want to live in. But Elon Musk is a baby with money. I realized that it's like a few years ago, but now it's like really like this guy is a baby. He has the personality of a baby in the body of a billionaire and that might be the most dangerous combination of all um but yeah i think that's where i'm gonna end it save my voice not go too hard um 
yeah, thank you for watching, listening, paying attention. Wherever you are, please be safe. If you're an essential worker, if you're going back to work, some of these states are slowly reopening, and I am not opening. I am staying right the fuck in here. So if you're out there, if you have to work, if you still need to get this money in that way, I appreciate you. Love you. Um, yeah, thanks for watching, listening, paying attention, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you.